The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Cam Akers started in 30% of leagues. Hope he was in your lineup or on your opponent's bench. One of those two. Welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. The playoffs have begun. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, guys, did you make any right or wrong decisions about Cam Akers? I had him really uh, uh, start and start set, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I had him a start as well, and uh, I had him in our dynasty league where we start we we start so many players in the dynasty league. It's hard to make a bad decision about anything anyone that's not a fringe player. So Acres was in my lineup. Well, he wasn't in mine against Chris Towers in um, in a playoff matchup, and he had him on his bench. Mm-hmm. So that was good. I was. Uh, I, I I I was as happy as uh, Vicky take take taking me to see a waterfall one day. It was it was, it was so much fun. Yeah, I, I sat him in one league, but he was also uh, a waterfall. That's great, by the way. Yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, that was a good twist. Uh, he's also on my opponent's bench in one league, so I guess one for who, two. Jamie, do you know who Chris started over Cam Akers? Uh, I I I I can go go check, but it was probably not somebody who's as good as Cam Maker that at football. So it was, uh, it, it was probably the devil. Yeah, Acres. Mama said, Acres uh, had a hundred, well, hundred and seventy rushing yards. What was the final here? Sorry, one hundred and seventy-one on twenty-nine carries, two catches for twenty-three yards. So we're gonna talk about this game. We're gonna give By you the, the, way, the news before and you notes. Continue. Yeah. I'm staring at a league right now that has a Snickers ad. Uh-huh. It's our magazine league. I don't think I'm playing Dave, but the ad says, "Scared of Dave Richard? Maybe you just need a Snickers." <laughs> <laughs> No, that's I the I played, I played Dave last that's week. The normal ad on the site. Oh yeah, I, I played Dave last week. That's probably what it is. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, so we got we got seven NFC home games to talk about. There are actually eight NFC home games. Well, nine if you can count last night. One of them we previewed yesterday. That was uh, Chicago hosting Houston. The other seven we get to today. Games like Minnesota and Tampa Bay. How are we going to look at Antonio Brown if Mike Evans is out? What's up with Mike Davis? We'll look at that Denver-Carolina game. Really interesting game there. The way those teams are playing against running backs, where they're, they're playing against wide receivers, setting up some very difficult decisions. We have Russell Wilson. We have Kyler Murray to talk about on the slate today. Uh, but in terms of the Rams and the Patriots, yeah, Acres is the big storyline. Uh, I'll just ask this: like, are you ever starting any any Patriots with any confidence? They're at Miami next week. You know, I think Damian Harris would probably be the best bet. He's good. They just need a better game script. But yeah, like Jamie, Patriots are they, are they going to be basically sits? For the most yeah, part, yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick saying he's sticking with Cam, so that's interesting. Given the fact how bad he's performed the last three weeks as a quarterback, he's been good as a runner, but you know he just hasn't thrown the ball very well. Um, or at least he was, you know, prior to week fourteen, week thirteen, he ran the ball well. Um, I think you got to well. Harris left the game uh, with with an injury, so we'll see what his status is. Uh, 
James White typically plays well against the Dolphins. So if there is no Harris, you know, maybe you can look at James White with no Rex Burkhead there as somebody to consider and Sony Michelle as well. Both have South Florida ties. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe when Edelman comes back, if, if he's able to return, you, you might use him as a third receiver in three receiver leagues, but that's probably the extent of it. I can't see Jacoby Myers playing well at this point anymore that you trust him in the playoffs. Uh, Demir Bird, no. Um, you know, they, they don't have any tight ends. It's just, it's just a, a bad offense. Okay, so let's talk about the Rams then. Much more interesting. And this was, you know, as soon as they got the pick six, I was just like, oh, this sucks for Woods and Cup. <laughs> you know, just the game script was so bad. And um, Jared Goff ended up throwing 25 times for 137 yards and a touchdown with a rushing touchdown as well. It was just a bad day for fantasy because Akers was only starting 30% of leagues in Woods and Cup, but Cup was okay because he got the touchdown. Woods was bad. If he had caught about a 25-yard pass later, late in the game, it would have saved yeah. his bacon a little bit, but mm-hmm. still. Um, all right, the so, interception was also on him, right? The interception? Uh, yeah, no, well, I don't no, think the pass it was, a bad was throw. very well. No, no, it was a bad throw, but I'm saying like the ball the ball hit him in the hands. And, oh, you know, he, it looked like he caught it and right, right. gave it to the... I'm not blaming him. Rams I'm not blaming defender. him. I'm saying like the it, it, it was another catch that he could have had. Right. Yeah, I, I would have liked that. When I meant the interception was on him, I yeah. meant the guy was It was literally Woods. On. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so when you talk about Acres, right? I mean, as fantasy analysts, what are you feeling right now? Where did you have him ranked? And and he goes off for almost two hundred total yards. You know, how how are you, how are you feeling right now about this? You got to feel good. I mean, this is you know uh, a player who could help you in the stretch run. You know, I I think I, I'm going to continue to give credit to to Jordan Rodrique. We we had her on fantasy football today on HQ in August. And she told us he's probably not going to do very much early in the season by the middle to the end of the season, he'll be their guy. And you've seen the, the four week evolution of it, you know, where it was the receiving touchdown, then the 61 yard run for the score or 61 yard run. And then he finishes off the drive with a score. Then the 21 carries last week where, you know, you could say Henderson got banged up. That was part of it, whatever he, he took over the backfield last week. And then there's the dominant performance last night where he had nearly hundred yards rushing at the half. I mean, it was just a complete, Complete, I, but but what I meant was, do you wish you had been higher on him? Because I, I mean, I, no, I, I because sat there, there was still the uncertainty of Sean McVay still giving Henderson the start and still using Malcolm Brown enough. So, I mean, he was he wasn't uh, uh, somebody you could say, which which was reflective partly by the start percentage, partly by the amount of teams that are still playing. I think if this was a full slate of fantasy managers playing, he's probably higher than thirty four percent. He's probably closer to sixty, um, but you still had to take some level of trepidation. You know, I had a, a, a friend, a former colleague of ours ask, should he start Mike Davis or Cam Akers? And to me, that was a no brainer to start Mike Davis because of Christian McCaffrey being out. So, you know, there, there were probably some tough decisions along the way, but this, this is, it, it's for me, it's two things. One, it's great to see this, you know, uh, kick into the stretch run and, and a guy could help you maybe win a fantasy championship. And two, just another, Awesome performance from just this rookie class, which is going to be so much fun to watch moving forward and ranking them next year for 2021 to see how they're going to get drafted. How about you, Dave? Uh, how did you feel about it? And I, I don't even, I mean, it's such an easy question, but we, we're just going to start him going forward, right? You have to. And I think it's been made, I think it was made clear before this game that Cam Akers was going to be the preferred option. I didn't necessarily know that he was going to be. 29 carries plus a couple of catches. And I think that's just an indication of the hot start that he had 
and Sean McVay willing to just keep leaning on him and leaning on him. I think this is also a testament to the Rams offensive line. They've been playing well when we thought that they were going to take a a turn south with Andrew Whitworth going on the shelf. So this is, it's a running back that we talked about picking up and putting on your bench a couple of weeks ago. And if you watch the film of the second half of the Rams game two weeks ago, you saw that Cam Akers was starting to break out and look like the kid from Florida State. We talked about it on the podcast. That's happening, and it's great. And uh, now it's on to the next one. Let's find another player that we can stash and, and use successfully in weeks 15 and 16. Does that player exist? I sure it, there's somebody out there who will do it. It's up to us to try and find who it is. I mean, well, it could be McKissick in PPR. Yeah. It, it really, um, you, you just, the rookie running backs have taken a long time other than James Robinson to get the work we've been hoping for. But it seems like there's a possibility. I mean, hopefully DeAndre Swift, I, that one you'd have to really. I would love to see him play, but I'm nervous that even if he does play, he's going to go back to being limited. I know. In yeah. his first game back. So it's hard to feel confident in starting Swift, even if he is active. And you know, I'm hoping J.K. Dobbins is that guy. Right. Yeah. Do, do, so you could see, maybe not this week, but you could see in weeks 15 and 16, better late than never, James Robinson plus Akers, Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, they all might be awesome, you know, and it just took a long time this year. But yeah. right, the one who's kind of gone in reverse is Edward Hilaire just because of the yeah. addition of Le'Veon Bell. Ironic. Oh, have, it's a lot more than just that. Well, I mean, his numbers prior to Le'Veon Bell were pretty good. They were pretty good, but benching. they add Bell and then they give Daryl Williams work and then they're like, well, wait a minute, we've got Patrick. Yeah, but the point, what are we the point doing handing be, off? Prior to Bell, yeah. he, was, he was having a very good season. And so... I think the, the scary part for him to close the year is more of the schedule, not so much Bell. Because after what Bell did against, um, would they just play Denver? It's, 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 just play? it's not Denver. it's not Bell as I outlined. It's a coincidence that once Bell came over, they just stopped handing the ball off as they like they just threw it. They throw and throw and throw and throw. There's just not enough carries for Clyde Edwards either. There have not been anyway. There haven't been enough snaps for him because they've been using Le'Veon for some dumb reason and Daryl Williams in third down situations. Yeah, well, all right. Anyway, Which is still a role that Cam Akers hasn't completely taken from Malcolm Brown, by the way, mm-hmm. that third down role. All right, last question. Are you going to go back to Woods and Cup next week against the Jets? Yes. <laughs> well, it could be a Hold blowout on, again. Hold on, I'm going to have to do some research on this one. It's, look, it could be, could be a blowout again, right? It could be another low pass volume game. That's all. That's okay. You, you can't bench those guys. I mean, you, 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 I understand okay. you can't bench them. I agree, but I'm just going to say this. Robert Woods has six games this year with fewer than 40 receiving yards. Cooper Cup has six games with 50 or fewer receiving yards. And you, I agree, you cannot bench them. But it's just, it has been a little frustrating. Somebody asked us, I'll, we'll just close with this real quick. Somebody sent an email. I meant to read it on Wednesday show. Didn't have time. Which team do you find most, I think the word was exasperating that he used. And to me, it's, it's, it has been the Rams this year. They've been tough. Yeah, They've been tough. Because right when you think you figure them out, something happens. They're, they're very game script dependent. You don't know how the game's going to go until you're in the second quarter and Cam Akers has 100-something yards. Okay. Where's the game, in New York or Los Angeles? It's in L.A., so maybe that's a strike against them. Yep, Adam and I, were at, we're, we've been trying to crack the code, so to speak, on There's Jared no Goff all year. There's no code. He's bad at home. Yeah. He's not bad it's at home. Thing. Do it's you the, remember? Do, okay, but this is ridiculous, because do you remember the Super Bowl year? He was incredible at home. So right. I just don't New buy stadium. it. Yeah, just stadium. I, I just... 
he's not that good. Like, you see how all those crappy passes he made yes. yesterday? Yes. That's the thing with him. He's just not that good. So he just, he, that's why he's not reliable. All right. That was the game. And, uh, I hope you, I hope your fantasy playoffs got off to a good start. If not, you got plenty of time to make it up. There's no way you're like buried. You know, you're not buried no matter what. All right, watch. Oh, HQ. somebody I know went up against Cam Akers in the Rams defense. He's buried. Oh, that's tough. Rams defense yeah. is good. Yeah, right. uh, not buried. You're okay. Watch HQ. If you missed the noon show, you can watch it on demand on the CBS Sports app and OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app on your smart TV. Scroll down until you see the familiar faces of fantasy football today. And you know Sunday's a big day, so we've got FFT and 5 dropping at about 8.30 a.m. Eastern. HQ from 10 to 1. Twitch at noon Eastern. That's twitch.com slash FF today. We'll see you there. Stat of the week. Dave, have you seen this in the notes? Yes. Oh, all right. So then I'll ask Jamie. Jamie, do you know who the... Can you name the top four? It's really a question of the week. Who are the top four tight ends in fantasy? Uh, Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. And who's four? Gronk? Nope. Would you like another guess? You want me to just tell you? No, I'll do another guess. Eric Ebron. Let's play Name That Player. <laughs> because the host of Name That Player never gets to play Name That Player. Do you have this, any clues? Okay. This, yes, I do have some clues. This player went to Indiana State. Oh, uh, Robert Tunyon. There you go. <laughs> Robert Tunyon is the number four tight end in fantasy. Former quarterback. We used this guy twice with clues. I know a lot about Robert Tunyon. <laughs> uh, he's tied for first in touchdowns. So if you're thinking about starting or sitting Robert Tunyon, just keep in mind. He's he is fourth. The, he's fourth. What? He's fourth because fourth. of all the touchdowns he mm-hmm. scored. Yeah. He's a Taurus. He's a Taurus? Okay. He's a Taurus. I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> um, Detroit's allowed at least nine PPR points to a tight end in five of the past seven games. They they stink at everything on defense. Is Tanya a must start? Yeah. You'd just like to see a few more targets. It's just, you know, he, he kind of gets capped at five. Um, but the touchdown streak is nice, and, you know, hopefully he continues to play well. This is kind of when he broke out was the game that Devontae Adams got hurt. So it was his first touchdown on the season, I believe, when they played the Lions the first time. Yeah, he had a touchdown there. On a lighter note, <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> we've been talking about Christmas movies a lot. I did a Twitter poll. If, if you could only watch one of these Christmas movies, who's what's it going to be? Die Hard, not an option. Christmas Vacation, oh. Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Elf, or A Christmas Story? What would you guys pick? Christmas Vacation. Uh, Home Alone. Now those are the two front runners. Elf was a close third with Christmas Vacation. 34% of the vote gets the I heard the something win. on the radio that uh, Will Ferrell apparently turned down a huge amount of money to do Elf 2. Really? Yeah. Good. I, I don't, they shouldn't make a sequel. It would not be good. All right, news and notes. Christian McCaffrey, unlikely to play. So you yeah. guys have Mike Davis in your top. I think Dave, Jamie and Heath have him like top 10. Dave, more like yeah. 13-ish, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm not putting him in the top 12. He's interesting. Just can't do it. Yeah. All right, well, we are going to preview that game, but let's talk about Mike Davis. So, Jamie, why so confident? Well, I mean, they're down right now, two wide receivers, and you know they're facing the run defense has been good, not great. I think you'll see him continue to get the work because he has gotten the work every time McCaffrey's been out. So... You know, for a guy that's got 20 touch potential uh, in a matchup where I think their team can be competitive and certainly win and may have to lean on him more in the passing game, I think it's a great setup for Mike Davis. In his last seven games, he's got one with double-digit non-PPR points. One. 
Yeah, I know. The thing is, he he had a, a lot of tough matchups in there. Brutal. But he also his last two were against Detroit and Minnesota, and he did score against Detroit. But he just has not been that good. He's, I think it's like three point five five yards per carry in his last seven games. Uh, one of those games McCaffrey played, but yeah. uh, you know, it's is he just just like a bad player, or, or I don't want to call him a bad player. I think but. he's I think he's not at a hundred percent. He got hurt a little while back and might be playing through something. And I, I'm I'm not sure if it jibes with his snap share from game to game. I can check that real quick. Well, uh, I hope I the want, bye week I, helps. I remember him losing some playing time to like Trenton Cannon over the past few games. He lost Let playing time to Curtis Samuel too. He played he played fifty seven percent of the snaps against Minnesota. He was in there for seventy three against Detroit. That's the game that he scored in. Fifty two percent the week before that. Thirty one percent the week before that. That was the Kansas City game. Yep, and I, I, I just, I, I feel like he's not quite at a hundred percent, and he's, he was never really like, as, as a talent, Mike Davis was never a very good talent, and he, he just, I think he kind of ran out a little bit here, down the stretch. So I don't want to overrate him. I know it's, it's a pretty decent setup for him against Denver, and I feel like if, if, if you start him, and you're hoping for ten non PPR, fifteen PPR, he's got to score. I think he's a number two You're running. Still back. talking about a guy that's got coming off a bye, fresh legs, great opportunity. Man, I hope that helps. That would help him if the, he's the, healthy. The stretch of games of that he went through, I mean, since week seven, and he did a, he scored against Chicago. He didn't run very well. It was at New Orleans, and this is when the Falcons' run defense was better. He got Atlanta, and we didn't realize Atlanta was good. Right. Then McCaffrey plays. Then Tampa Bay. Then Detroit, where he scored. And then Minnesota. So if you want to say the Minnesota game was bad, I'll give you that. The rest, I'm not going to say. That. That's murderers row right there. Yeah, no, that that did factor in, and and the fact that Moore is out, and right now Samuel is is not right back yet. But if Samuel I feel like comes I'm too low, if Samuel comes back, and I feel like I'm too high. If Samuel comes back, Jamie, are you, is that going to change your ranking of Mike Davis? Uh, no, probably not. But if both guys play that well, all right. I can't imagine they can use Samuel as a running back if DJ Moore is not there. How are they gonna How are they gonna justify that? Do you, you're probably gonna like this stat, then, Jamie. Denver's allowed seven rushing touchdowns to a running back in their last five, and if you include what Taysom Hill did, that's nine touchdowns in their last five. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great setup for him. Okay, he, he's got a decent chance to score. I'm, I'm not gonna move him down. I've got him just outside the top twelve. Okay, uh, Taysom Hill is going to start this week. Pittsburgh's got another defender that's out. I th- I think he's going to be out, right? Vince Williams. I th- he's on the he reserve. Positive for COVID, right? Oh, he positive? Okay, I thought he was a close call. I'm sorry, he's placed on the reserve COVID list. I shouldn't say it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to make it back in time because it's five days. So that's another linebacker out for um, for Pittsburgh. So uh, is that more a benefit I'm, for Devin Singletary or for Josh Allen? It's obviously, yeah, for Josh Allen, and it's bad for the Steelers' defense. This is a DST that people rode into the fantasy playoffs, and they are just ripe for a butt kicking. Are they a top 10 DST? I've got them that way right now. If Joe Hayden doesn't play, I think I'm going to have to shift it. That's just too many defensive starters not on the field. I'll still keep them as a starting option, but you can consider, you know, some of the streamers that we talked about. Giants, Washington. Yep, Cowboys. I'm ahead of them. No, I can't do the Cowboys. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Can't uh, do it. Can't do it. AJ Brown mispractice. Are we concerned about this? If he mispractice today, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's a problem. Julio Jones mispractice. Are we concerned about this? I believe it was just a maintenance day, so just keep an eye on Friday's practice report. Mike Evans mispractice. Are we concerned about this? It's two days in a row. 
So, you know, something you want to keep an eye on. But he met with the media yesterday. Usually that's always a good sign for a player to be out there. So, um, again, check Friday's practice report. Good news was Chris Godwin practiced in full. So, I'm sure Evans will practice on Friday. He'll be questionable and he'll be active for the game. Okay. And it kicks off at 1 o'clock. So, we'll know. Josh Jacobs was limited. What are you, are That's you, a good sign. Yeah. Training in the right direction. It's a real good sign. Yeah. There, I think it, there was a B reporter who thought that he was likely to play. Yeah. Are you going to trust him, though? Depends on what you need. I mean, if you, you know, I, I have one playoff matchup where our, my second running back was essentially the Raiders starter. So I, I'm, I'm going to start him over <laughs> Devontae Booker. Um, just depends on, you know, what your, what your roster looks like. Okay. So we already previewed that game yesterday. So if Josh Jacobs plays, would you start Mike Davis over him? Easy. I think so. Would you start Gallman or Drake in that game over him? If Drake plays. I'd start him over Drake. Uh, Jake I'd start, I'd start Drake. both those guys over him. Because he's, he's going to be hobbled and he's facing a really good defense. So he's going to be a back-end number two running back at best for him. Jacobs, okay. Uh, Debo Samuel was limited. Frank Gore is expected to play. Do you think Frank Gore gets his typical workload? Because it's been three good games in a row for the Jets' lead running back. Do you think Frank Gore gets you know the 15-plus carries, or is there a split with Ty Johnson? Did they fire Adam Gase yet? They did not. <laughs> then probably 15-plus carries. Okay, Jamison Crowder was limited. Did Did you know that the Seahawks have not given up a touchdown to a wide receiver in four straight games? Yeah. Only yep. one wide receiver has more than like 60 yards, and yet they still give up the most fantasy points overall to wide receivers. That's how bad they were. The Some of it, though, been, is who they played. Yeah, totally. Um, but they're also playing the Jets this week, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and gonna, the, the thing about it is, going down. as of right now, Every wide receiver of note for the Jets is hurt or missing. What's wrong with Perryman? He's got a shoulder injury that is limited in practice. Okay. But he's been dealing with that the whole season. Right, I'm right. Just pointing out. Uh, Willie Sneed is off the reserve COVID list. Daniel Jones was limited. Looks like he's going to play. Miles Sanders says he's looking forward to the read option offense, and that should be fun. He I think had... he's just looking forward to any offensive touches he can get at this point. I, I wish they were playing anybody else. I really I know. Because, yep. you know, it's not going to be a fair evaluation of Jalen Hurts, and it's certainly going to still be a bad situation for the Eagles' offense. So, you know, take that into account. I hope things are better for Miles Sanders. Like, I'm forced to start him in one league. I wish I didn't have to start him, but it's a deep dynasty league, so I'm stuck. But it's not going to be a pretty game for Miles Sanders, at least based on what the Saints have done all season. Okay, and are there any other injuries? Uh, well, Kenyon Drake was limited. DeAndre Hopkins missed practice. But I think as of now, we're expecting them to play. Didn't he miss practice on Wednesday with not injury related? And then on Thursday, he missed practice because of injuries. He always plays. He went a whole week earlier this season without practicing and he still plays. So I wouldn't worry I don't have him as a number one receiver. Um, Zeke is still dealing with the calf injury, something you want to keep an eye on. Both Seattle running backs still banged up. Hopefully, James Robinson's fine. He's dealing with a knee injury. Um, I'm just looking at notes for HQ if you got a second. Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. Brandon Cooks is still dealing with a foot and a neck injury, something to keep an eye on. He left the game with a right, right, right. The neck, neck injury concussion, so just something you want to keep an eye on there. Uh, you still got T. Higgins with the calf injury, uh, excuse me, the hamstring injury, something you want to keep an eye on with him. And then, um, uh, hey, Jeez, just give us the list injury. of players who are healthy. It's shorter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, both Vikings tight ends are banged up. Right. Yeah. Rudolph hasn't practiced yet, has he? No. It looks like he's probably going to be out. And Irv Smith may return, but another reason to knock Kirk Cousins. Okay. All uh, right. We got, uh, we're got. we going to do a little beat the waiver wire, the startometer, get into the games. Let me just ask you two quick questions. 
I'm giving you about a minute on this because we'll get more in depth on it later. Uh, just real quick, um, uh, Adam Kaplan, who's covered the NFL for years, uh, works for Sirius uh, Radio. He just tweeted um, that he was told AJ Brown is expected to play. They're just being smart with him. So hopefully that's the case. Just tweeted at 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, good, because we need a little start of the week magic here. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, where are we on the elite quarterbacks this week? Wilson, Watson, Kyler, Herbert, Josh Allen. Let's take them. Not, they're not all of the elite quarterbacks, but the ones who have been maybe a time a little questionable lately. Uh, Wilson, Watson, Murray, Herbert, Josh Allen. How are we feeling about them this week? The only one that I'm nervous about is Kyler because he just hasn't been himself in his last three games. He got hurt early in the game against Seattle. It was a shoulder injury. He's not running as much. His efficiency is down. His numbers have been down. And I think the Giants' defense is actually pretty darn good after all. So I'm I'm going to try and find another quarterback to start ahead of Kyler so long as that quarterback has proven this year that he's capable of being good in fantasy. Guys like, I, you're not going to find Justin Herbert on your waiver wire or actually anybody like Kirk Cousins or Taysom Hill, but maybe they're on your bench. I would go with those guys. I would go with Tannehill over Kyler Murray this week. He's outside of my top 12. Yeah, he's he's 12 for me. The only one of the guys they've mentioned, I'm still starting Kyler over Kirk Cousins because Cousins is on the road is a disaster. So um, I would look like I'm not going to start Philip Rivers over him or Trubisky over him, you know, guys that we talked about as as waiver options. And the thing that's nice about Kyler Murray is he hasn't played well since the shoulder injury. He's only had one game under 21 fantasy points. So take that into account that this is the sign of good to great players is that when things are still going rotten for them, they find a way to be productive. And so you'd like to see him run a little bit more. I, I, I said this going into last week, and I was surprised it didn't happen, that I, I, I think you got to give him some more design runs. He's, he's, you see these quarterbacks that they wow. try to go through. I don't know if it's part of the shoulder or if it's part of just the growth process. I'm going to prove to you I can play in the pocket. And it feels like that's what he's trying to do, and it's not his game. Like, don't, don't force yourself into it. Like, you saw it with Lamar Jackson. Like, he was trying to prove that he could play in the pocket this season a little bit more. And then what happened? Things have started going, going bad for him. And you see a little bit more design runs against Dallas last week. So be smart with how they use Kyler Murray. Do some creative things. Get him outside. Let him run. Let him be creative. Let him do what he typically does, which is why he was an MVP candidate earlier this season. He just hasn't been that guy. And the thing that also looked the best for them last week was finally that drive where he was just peppering DeAndre Hopkins with targets. Just do that more. I mean, that'll, that'll, that, that's a pretty good formula for success. I think the reason why we're not going to see design runs is because he's hurt. I just think that the whole offense has kind of changed because they're worried about him further. I mean, he says he's not that's hurt. that's he's not what I'm working anymore. on. You know, you gotta, yeah, you I know, I know, but he's an NFL player. It's week 14. How else do you explain hurt, the lack of carries? Yeah, I mean, it is a little coincidental. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know if he's hurt, but he's not playing very well and he's not running and it's weird. And he's not throwing downfield as much either. Yeah. Which All was right. a problem earlier this year. Um, and then are there any studs that you're sitting this week? You know, like Dalvin Cook's got the Tampa Bay matchup. Kamara has been kind of needs a touchdown Dander, based on put him his, in that category. What's that? Sanders, if you still put him in that category. Oh, no. Yeah, he's I, still I, a stud. Do not. I mean, I think oh, I, I hope so. But, but, well, he's an easy. I, like, he's not in this cat. He has not been a fantasy stud, put it that way. That's true. Uh, Dave I know said, that that hurts you to say. Oh, kills me. Dave said Hopkins is in a number one. Thielen and Jefferson. I don't know if one of them is going to get Carlton Davis. Like, are there any studs that you're getting away from this week? No, it's like we talked about yesterday. It's you know you you kind of stick with the guys who have gotten you to this point, unless you have just overwhelmingly great options. And the problem is, is like there's not really a lot of overwhelmingly great options. Like again, you know McKissick, if you were able to pick him up, 
is in a good spot for PPR, but for the most part, he was rostered in those leagues already, you know, so um, Mike Davis, you know, if somebody dropped him or has been sitting on your bench, you know, he's got a chance to be good this week. But not over Cooker Camara, not over a stud. Who? Mike Davis. Just I him over Camara this week. All right, Jamie, start him over Camara. Um, bold. I could see it. I mean, I, I would think Mike Davis is going to get more catches than Camara. And right. Philadelphia's got a great run defense. All right, then. Let's beat the waiver wire. Looking ahead to next week, Derek Carr gets the Chargers. Not sure if these guys are available. The ownership and rostership and start percentage are kind of out the window right now. Uh, but Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater at Green Bay. I'm just going to say names. Um, Phillip Rivers against Houston. That one could be good. Daniel Jones against Cleveland. They struggle against wide receivers and uh, against the passing game. Maybe Sterling Shepard as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield in that game at the Giants. Not sure if that we like that anymore. Mitchell no, but if Trubisky. you are looking ahead, he gets the Jets in Week 16. Mitchell Trubisky at Minnesota. You got Stafford at Tennessee. I, I mean, just like we talked about on Tuesday, Stafford and Rivers are two-week options for you. This week and next week, they have good matchups. And one thing you might want to consider with the Raiders is if you have Devontae Booker, you might want to hold him just in case Jacobs gets re-injured. They play Thursday against the Chargers. So short week, if Booker does keep the job for whatever reason because Jacobs gets hurt mm-hmm. again, you'd like that opportunity. And maybe if you can stash Jalen Hurts, it's not the worst idea because if he does well against the Saints or if he rushes for like 50 yards, uh, then you might you might consider him at Arizona next week. DSTs, the Chargers are at Las Vegas. The Bills are at Denver. I could see them. there. They were 77% rostered going into the week. I could see them getting dropped because they have Pittsburgh, but the Bills at Denver... The Browns and the Giants facing each other. I think the Browns are the better option there, probably. Well, I mean, I think so. The Giants, maybe they have a great defense, but Browns have a better matchup there. Minnesota against Chicago could be interesting. And then Arizona. Uh, so, like, you could, you could, in theory, use Arizona twice. You could use them this week against the Giants and next week at Philadelphia, against Philadelphia. They're not very good, though, as a DST. So, <laughs> there's that. You said the Dolphins? I did not say the Dolphins. Who do they have? Because I'm going to guess they were probably dropped. I dropped them. They could be, right, because they're playing the Chiefs, so you can go back to them after this. Who do they have next week? The Patriots. Patriots. Oh, okay, great. And And San Francisco. On the other side, San Fran. Bill Belichick's track record against rookie quarterbacks is pretty tried and true, as Justin Herbert found out. So facing Tua could be interesting as well if the Patriots DST in, you know, like Yahoo. I know you can pick those those guys up after they play. Right. The last three games we're going to talk about are Seattle and the Jets, Cardinals, Giants, Packers, Lions. Let's talk about who we're confident in. The confidence o meter. Startometer's gone. Confidence-o-meter is in. It's 2020, baby. All right, Dave, who are you starting with confidence in the Seattle Jets game? Russell Wilson, his receivers, Chris Carson. End of list. Oh, wait, not the end of list, sorry. Seattle DST. Now that's the end of the list. Uh, why is Tyler Lockett on your list? It's uh, it's the Jets. And I, I, I was told that this is going to be a big week for Chris Carson from someone who is close with the team, but I, I would be surprised if they didn't let Russell Wilson try and get back on track against the secondary. So I don't mind taking a chance on Lockett having a game where he uncorks some of that upside that we love. Okay. And what about Frank Gore, Jamie, can we go to him? Because the Seahawks, they have a good run, run defense. They do give up a lot of touchdowns though. And a lot of the running backs who get in the 15 carry range, they score against Seattle. Of course, they're all not on the worst offense in the world. But 
Frank Gore, I, I was kind of, honestly I was kind of excited about him last week, and then I was too. It was yeah. justified, I think, when you saw what Ty Johnson did. Jamie, how do you feel about Gore this week? I think he's a flex. You know, it's a it's a question of you know what we saw from the Jets prior to the stretch of games for Gore was the the talk was feature Lamichael Pirine, and they did that, and Pirine got hurt, and then they went right back to Gore, and so now do they have another younger running back that they may want to see? if he could be depth for them next season. So I don't think it's a, it's a guarantee that they go right back to Frank Gore, but that's been the you know track record of Adam Gase, wherever he's been and whenever Adam Gore has been with him. Uh, Adam Gore. Frank Gore. You might as well call him, Adam, well Gore. Call him Adam Gore. Um, <laughs> Frank so Gase. It, it, it's, it's something that I think if you're stuck, you know, I, I, I know I got a, a few tweets last week of, I started Frank Gore and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and it was great. Yay. Um, you know, if you want to go back to Gore because that's the best option on your team in a, in a deep 12 team or 14 team scenario probably makes some sense, but you know, I don't think you can start him with any semblance of confidence at this point, knowing that they may give Ty Johnson some work, which I think they should Singletary or Gore Gore. I'll take Devin Singletary. All right, Jamie, Arizona at the giants. Who are you confidently starting in this game? Uh, still Deandre Hopkins, um, you know, for the, the Cardinals and Kenyon Drake. Gallman? Oh, for the Giants, yeah, Gallman. Okay. Is that it? No other I mean Evan Ingram? And Evan Ingram. Okay. Evan Ingram or Robert Tunyon? Uh Ingram PPR, especially if Daniel Jones plays Tunyon non PPR. Which running back do you guys prefer? Drake or Gallman? Gallman. Gallman. All right. Drake is on the injury report, so keep it in mind. And then Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay is so easy. Rodgers, Adams, Jones. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I can make a case for Jamal Williams because the Lions are that bad against running backs. that They've actually, in a third of their games, they've allowed a second running back to have a good game. And in three of their 12 games, they've allowed a second running back to score 17 or more points. So, th- But, you know, that's like... 14 team that's like deep league stuff um but what about marvin jones what about the detroit running backs dave are there any lions that you're confidently starting i figure that matthew stafford this is just a hunch is gonna have to throw to play from behind against the packers and so that would open the door for a nice target day for marvin jones uh he's he's like a low-end number two receiver high-end flex and hawkinson's a must-start at tight end and i think stafford is on the fringe of a top 12 quarterback as well you know, this is not, I know that we're going to, this is the last game we're going to get to, but it's not an easy one, I think, because of the running back situation. Okay, I said it over and over again that going into last week, the Packers had allowed 100 yards or a touchdown to a running back in every game. And then, of course, Miles Sanders had a horrible game. But Peterson's got the touchdowns lately. And, and if Swift plays, we love Swift. So are, are you going to start a running back in this, uh, a Lions running back, Jamie? I would start Swift if he plays. You know, I think he's a number two running back. You know, the hope would be is that they go back to him. He should be the preferred option in the passing game. I know Carryon Johnson cleared the injury report. He practiced in full yesterday. So, you know, you just have to wonder what the workload will be for all three of these guys. But, I mean, Peterson's still going to probably give you the neighborhood of 10 to 15 carries if Swift is there. I would imagine Carryon doesn't play very much if Swift is there. But he'll still get some work. And then Swift hopefully goes back to what he was. But, you know, the fact that, you heard what Peterson said last week that he didn't look like himself. He's still been limited in practice, you know, for a guy that's not dealing with any, you know, uh, leg injury, anything like that. Um, something is clearly not right with him. And so you got to wonder just how, how healthy he is, but the matchup is good. Um, the one thing about 
Jones, he did struggle with Jair Alexander in the first matchup. He scored, I think he was matched up on a linebacker um, when, when he found the end zone in the first meeting. But it's, it's, it'll be a good game for him, but I don't know if it'll be a great game for him. So I think Dave said it best. He's, he's a low-end number two, high-end flex. I think Heath has just got him ranked too high, in my opinion. Frank Gore or DeAndre Swift? Oh, Swift. Yes. J.K. Dobbins or Swift? Swift. Unless we hear that Swift is going to get his workload back, it's it's Dobbins. All right, let's go to the games. Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game, five straight quarterbacks have scored 20 or more fantasy points against the Bucs. Not a huge number. I think it's six. Is it six? It's six. Okay, and then I had all five had thrown multiple touchdown passes, but maybe that's six in a row have done it. Um, so let's see. I've got uh, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Breeze, Bridgewater, Golf, and Mahomes. There it is. It's six. Ta-da. Um, yeah. So uh, this is okay. You guys are very different on Kirk Cousins. Jamie's got him eighteenth. Heath has him twentieth, and Dave, you have him eleventh. So Dave, you're pro Kirk Cousins. Go for He's it. He's earned it. He's earned it. He's played great. 21-plus in, in each of his past five games, six of his last seven games. He has to throw more because the defense that he's playing with isn't as good. And you know what? He's got great receivers with Jefferson and Thielen. We were nervous about him not being able to connect with receivers with Stephon Diggs gone. That's out the window. Jefferson's been playing great, and it's going to be problematic. The question is, and Jamie brought it up, he's on the road, and he's going to face a lot of blitzes. Can he beat it? I think if he if he can, which we can't really guarantee with Kirk Cousins, he'll have a great day. If he can't, and the Bucks just put a huge number on on Minnesota's defense, then maybe garbage time will save him. I like him as a low end starter. I think he's earned it because he's been playing very well over the past few weeks. You can talk about his schedule and how easy it's been for him. He went into Chicago against a tough Bears defense at the time, and he had twenty fantasy points there. I think he can do a little bit better than that based on how he's been playing and how his receivers have been playing. And Jamie, I know you're afraid of the home road splits because he's been brilliant at home and bad on the road. Uh, that is an understatement. But at the same time, you know, you've got Adam Thielen and Jefferson ranked as must starts. So, you know, sure. break that down. I, I think Cousins will be, uh, his ceiling on the road was 20 points at Chicago. I think that's his ceiling in this game. So... You know, we've seen what uh, a, a lot of quarterbacks can get you 20 fantasy points, and we see good weeks for quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be a turnover game for Kirk Cousins. you got a healthy defense for the Bucs, as healthy as they'll be. They're rested. They're coming off their bye week. Um, I mean, 12.8 fantasy points is what he's averaged on the road this season. Does it's it, miserable. But what does it matter? It's uh, weighted yes. down by what he did against Indianapolis in week two. Because he had minus two in that game? He, yes. Yeah. He was terrible in that he game. Had, he has one game what? over uh, One game at 20. He has one game at 20 on the road. He didn't play Everything well else under 20. because he didn't have to. He didn't play. He did play well at Seattle. He just had an interception in the game. So he was close to 20 points in that game. At Green Bay, he, that was the weirdest game ever of the year because yeah, the, they the won wind. that game with him attempting 14 passes. It was a weather game. And then at Chicago, 25 of 36, 292 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if that was his stat line. Right, that's what I'm expecting from. Well, that's why I don't have him as like a top eight quarterback this week is because I don't, I don't think I don't, he's don't necessarily got that kind of upside. This, this is this is they know their playoff spot is on the line. This is when he typically folds when things get tough for him. It's going to be tough for him. He's playing on the road. It's a bad track record. You sit in this week. Okay. Uh, any any hesitation at all with Dalvin Cook? No. Here. Okay. <laughs> Although, I mean, it's a tough matchup for him, too. It's tougher for him than it is for Kirk Cousins. 
Well, yeah, and the funny thing is there have only been two running backs. Or no, since week two, no running back is more than 12 carries against the Bucks. Dalvin Cook is averaging yeah, 26.5 carries. <laughs> and there's I got to think he'll games. get 13 carries or more. Yeah, There's no Madison to take him off the field either. And also, you know, I don't know that he's going to run that well because he hasn't been lately. He might like this is two years in a row where he's kind of fading uh, down the stretch, think, but he's been so yeah. involved in the passing game. So it's and that's good for Cousins too. Look, I, I think Dalvin Cook is an obvious start. We shouldn't even waste another second talking about it. Yeah, but in agreed. DFS, I think he's not worth the price you pay. Oh yeah, so. most expensive running back on Fanduel. So no, thank you. Um, Minnesota wide receivers. Any hesitation at all here, guys? It's like the Rams guys. You got to trust them. Yeah, I know. But then you look back and the Rams guys weren't good. And we had a bad feeling about them, kind of, you know, or not a great feeling about them. So is there is there a lesson to be like, do you think they're going to have good games? If Cousins gets the bear stats, the two touchdowns you have to assume are going to go to one of those two guys, if not both of them. Yeah, okay. And in that game, it was Thielen had two touchdowns. Thielen had a monster game then. All right, so start those guys. And... um, if Herb Smith is the only tight end, would you have any interest in him? Bucks are, you know, like an average matchup. They're 19th against tight ends. No. I'd consider him in daily as a cheap boom-bust type of a play. Sure. Starters it, Tom Brady. You're starting Tom Brady. Okay. And You're, you're starting, you're, you're really... Unless there are injury concerns with all the receivers or any of the receivers in Tampa Bay, you're starting everybody on the Bucks with pretty high confidence. The only exception would be maybe Antonio Brown. If everybody's healthy, he'd probably be only like a number three receiver in PPR. But Rojo is a must start as a number two running back. The receivers, Gronk, all of them, full system. All right, so Tom Brady or Josh Allen? Allen. I, I like Allen better. Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson? But I wouldn't like Allen better if the Steelers Brady, were uh, Lamar Jackson. Okay. But I think I have Dave. Brady over Jackson. Uh, oh, but you're saying the Steelers, like if they get Hayden, if they get their two They're, top It's not going to happen. They, they've got too many guys that are hurt already, and I just think the Bills take advantage of it. Okay. So, uh, I'm sorry, Roethlisberger or Jackson? What was the answer? Jackson. I'll or take Roethlisberger over oh, Jackson. Brady, Brady or... I have Brady over Jackson. Uh, Jackson over. I think the the Bucks are going to run on the Vikings too. So, all right. So the, Dave said everybody's a must start. You were not including Leonard Fournette. So let's talk about Ronald Jones though. How, <laughs> yeah. how much do you like Ronald Jones, Dave? I like him a lot. I think he's still uh, he hasn't he's not going to lose the lead job coming into the game. So I'm I'm going to take a chance that he gets 15 touches against this bad Minnesota defense. Would you guys start Ronald Jones or JD McKissick in PPR? Jones. Uh, in PPR McKissick and non-PPR Jones. Are you starting Ronald Jones or Wayne Gallman or Kenyon Drake? Jones. Gallman, Jones, Drake. Ronald Jones or Marvin Jones, PPR? Ronald Jones. I believe I have Ronald ranked higher. If Mike Evans plays, is Chris Godwin a must-start uh, wide receiver? Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Uh, all right. So then, what do we think about Antonio Brown? Number the number three receiver in full PPR at best, yep. assuming everybody's healthy. The story changes if, for whatever reason, Mike Evans doesn't make it. So, would you start Kiki QT over Antonio Brown? I would. Ty Hilton over Antonio Brown? Yes. yes. Michael Pittman? No. 
I think I would go with Pittman over AB, but it's it's close. How about how about um, Devin Singletary or Antonio Brown? Brown and PPR. I would go Brown and PPR as well. Do you like or do you love Rob Gronkowski this week? Love. Yep. All righty. And would you start Gronk or Tunyon? Gronk. Robert. All right. They're both starts, though. They're both. <laughs> See what I did there? Because I said. Oh, wait, that, that, I, who's Robert Gronkowski? You might as well call him Bob. Bobby Gronk. That's, that's who I like better, though, is Gronk over Tunyon. How do we feel about the Bucks DST this week? From what I can see, maybe this is. Let me get the updated, uh, updated rankings here. Bucks are for Jamie ninth, for Dave their twelfth, and for Heath sixth. So a start, but not a great start. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Borderline start. Oakley, Oakley. Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Uh, Denver at Carolina. I I think this game is very interesting. Like you don't have a ton of high end players you here. Be the only person on the planet. I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. I love it. I mean, that's why like we just got great. done with Vikings Bucks, and you're going to say that this game is the interesting one. I mean, Vikings Bucks. Vikings Bucks has easier fantasy calls than this game. Okay, that's what I mean. All right, so I want to talk about the wide receivers. Let's talk about Tim Patrick. If you take out his 61 yard stupid catch at the end of the stupid Dolphins game. That's 61 or fewer yards in five straight games, not even including the Kendall Hinton game. Like, I'm not even including that. Um, so that's not good. Carolina's been, for the most part, good against wide receivers, struggling a little lately. So that's their Tim Patrick stat. Stat of the game number two is the Broncos, uh, they give up the six fewest points to wide receivers. And in their last five games, Julio Jones, the Raiders guys, Devontae Parker, Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, none of them had more than 61 yards. Weird. There's some circumstances there for sure. Like Hill had two touchdowns called back and they barely threw to Michael Thomas and Parker and Julio Jones scored. But I guess my question is, do you like or love any of the wide receivers in this game? Jamie. If there's no DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I love Robbie Anderson. I mean, it's hard not to. He's been uh, only three games under 11 PPR points. He's obviously better in that format than he is in non-PPR because he only has two touchdowns on the season. So, um if, if those other two guys are, are gone, especially now with A.J. Bouye gone, you know, there, there's an opportunity here for Anderson to see a, a healthy amount of targets and hopefully deliver a big performance. So, I mean, is he a uh, top 10 guy? No, but he's, he's a very solid number two wide receiver for this week. He I've got him as a number three. Guys there. What, what, I'm sorry? Here. He probably is a very good number two wide receiver if those guys are there just because he sees so many targets typically. Right, but it, there's just been so many games where he sees a lot of targets and he doesn't do a whole lot with them, especially in non-PPR. And it's not just Boye that's out for Denver. It's Bryce Callahan, too. That would make me interested. But I, I, I wonder what the effectiveness of this offense is going to be if there's no more Samuel or Christian McCaffrey. Like, if all three of those guys are out, what does this offense look like? And does it make it easier for Denver to try and contain Robbie Anderson even if he's going to get pelted with targets. So I've got him as a flex. I think that's probably the safer way to go about it. But he's a flex with upside. Can't deny that because he's got a pretty decent opportunity against a defense that has allowed some fantasy numbers, just generally speaking. Yeah, and but they, the then but not having Boye and Callahan. I mean, you, you kinda, I think that matters. It does. And there was sure. a game. There was a game Denver had a few weeks ago where they didn't have either of those cornerbacks either, and they got shelled. 
Right. I can't and, remember which one. And they one should it have is. given up a ton of points to Tyreek Hill, so you can kind of forget about that. The Michael Thomas game wasn't fair. I think Taysom Hill threw 16 passes. Uh, how about Tim Patrick, guys? So the yards have not been there. He did catch two touchdowns last week, but it's uh, like I said, it's actually six games in a row. Five if you don't count the Saints game with 61 or fewer yards for Patrick. Is he a start? He's a number three receiver. I mean, it just depends on what you what you need. Um, but you know, he he's Denver's best guy, and they're probably going to be throwing this game. So, you know, will he see north of six targets, which he typically does when things are going in his favor? I don't know how much more of that, but you know, six is usually the number. Mm-hmm. I like the matchup, Adam. You talked about how Carolina's pass defense has started to struggle lately in their last four games. Seven touchdowns to receivers. Now, they haven't given up a lot of yardage. It's 10.9 yards per catch to wideouts in that span, but they're, they're they're clearly having some holes when it comes to giving up touchdowns, and that's what Tim Patrick has been leaning on for the better part of the season, mm-hmm. finding the end zone. He had two inside the 10-yard touchdowns last week. All right, uh, we sit the quarterbacks. At best, they're kind of low-end starters. And then the running backs, we talked a lot about Mike Davis earlier in the show. If you want to hear that, go to the injuries, news, and notes section. Uh, notes section. We talked a lot about him, though. But Melvin Gordon, I think your rankings are very interesting. They they have a little bit of confidence in Melvin Gordon. You guys have him in the top 20 in both formats. Two of his last three games have been good, but in seven games with Philip Lindsay, the last seven games of Philip Lindsay, he's averaging 12 carries per game, 1.4 catches per game, and he's only had like three good, maybe four good fantasy games. So, um, Jamie, are you starting Melvin Gordon? I'm starting in the two. Well, no, one I have a buy. Uh, the one of the two leagues where I have him uh, was the fishbowl. So, I think you got to buy into what he's done the last couple of weeks. The carries have been there for him. The production was there for him last week against the Chiefs for sure. And so, will he take advantage of a run defense that's been very up and down this season, as we've seen? Uh, I think he's a number two running back. You know, it's just one of those situations where do you want to start a guy like Dobbins over him, Swift if he comes back, Jacobs if he's healthy. You know, that's kind of the range, I think, for Melvin Gordon. Um, I don't think he's the best running back in this game. I'd, I'd rather have Mike Davis. I'd rather have Mike Davis too, but I think the Broncos coaching staff is is back on Melvin Gordon's side. I think they're confident in him again. And Carolina's allowed a touchdown and or 140 yards to a running back in four of their past five games. Okay, he's got such a low floor though. Such a low floor. Am I wrong here? Because no, yeah, of course he's not. Been non-existent in the passing game, so that's you know frustrating. So we'll see. All righty. So how about some wide receivers? Would you start? Um, would you start Robbie Anderson or Melvin Gordon? Robbie and, and PPR. Anderson easy in PPR. Yeah. Okay. How about how about Curtis Samuel? I mean, is he a must start if he plays? Because he's been really good lately. I think you've got to lean on him if he plays this week without DJ Moore because right. he can help replace DJ Moore. And he's already been like a red zone threat for Carolina. They've used him a lot down there. That's part of the reason why he's had so many touchdowns. It's probably the reason why. I think that he would come into play. Would I start him over Melvin? I don't know if I'm ready to start him in PPR over Melvin Gordon, but it would be close. Yeah, easy PPR for me over Gordon. Uh, okay. Non-PPR, no. no. The back end of the that, running that's, back. That's contingent on DJ Moore not playing. The back end of the top 24 running backs is just uncomfortable. You know? Uh, Melvin Gordon. Well, I think Akers was there. So. JK Do- yeah. <laughs> Melvin yeah. Gordon, JK Dobbins. It's just. I would say it's uncomfortable, but not like desolate. Right. Uh, Noah Fant is pretty interesting here because the Panthers suck. 
against tight ends. They have allowed 51 or more yards or a touchdown to a tight end in six straight games. Jared Cook, Hayden Hurst, Travis Kelsey, Gronk, Brait, Hawkinson, Rudolph. All of them had 51 or more yards or a touchdown. Some had both. And Fant is pretty good in terms of getting, you know, like nine-ish PPR points. Does that, you know, he's around that. So um, anyway, Jamie, you still are, you still have him in the Noah thank you range. And Dave is right. more, more closer to the top 12. But go ahead. Noah, thank you. Noah, thank you. Okay. Still no touchdowns since week two. Uh, who who would you start? Would you start like Schultz and Logan Thomas over him? I would definitely start Schultz over him. Um, Logan Thomas is very close, so you know you want to bank on what Thomas just did. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. But I mean, Noah Fant is what Noah Fant is. Like Dave, said, are you there? Or did you leave? Huh? Did Dave leave? I think Dave left real quick. He'll be back. New Orleans is at Philadelphia. Although I am getting a ton of questions about the Panthers DST, Jamie. So real quick, tell me, Panthers DST, how do you feel about this? Panthers or Steelers? Uh, the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, I think you all have this Panthers outside the top 12. New Orleans and Philadelphia, here we go. Taysom Hill. Okay. Start or sit Taysom Hill. What do you got? I would start Taysom Hill unless you have better options. But, you know, I think you've seen enough of a track record for him that the two games against the Falcons, he was great. The one game against the Broncos, he didn't have to do very much. The running floor is there. It's basically, you know, 40 yards. And he was doing that before he was the starting quarterback. Can he score a rushing touchdown? That's obviously the average. Yeah. And then last week he showed you that he could throw a touchdown, you know, first time in his career. So, uh, it's a, it's a good matchup. It's not a great matchup. The Eagles secondary is banged up right now. I think Darius Slay is going to play, but I don't think that matters. So he's a low-end starter. Like, I'm starting him easily over Kirk Cousins, for example, of the guy we've been debating so much. I, my only concern is that it's a blowout and that the, he just doesn't... He has a game similar to the Broncos game. Won't be that kind of blowout. I don't think it's going to be that much of no, a blowout. It won't be like a 30-point game or whatever, but... I could see it being like, I know Aaron Rodgers was great against him last week, but I could see it being like that kind of blowout, you know, and that being a 14-point game, I think. Uh, but, okay, Taysom Hill is uh, top 13 for everybody. Would you start Taysom Hill or uh, Roethlisberger? I'd start Taysom. I'd start uh, Taysom over Murray. Okay. Start Alvin Kamara. You just have to. Sit Latavius Murray. He was great last week. He just didn't catch the ball. Well, but he, but he was great because he scored, you know? Well, no, well, he, he, had, he, he had 88 yards. They gave him 15 carries. That was awesome. So keep it going. Man, he's just so good. Um, Michael Thomas, start him up. I mean, Heath has Michael Thomas outside the top 20. I wish Heath were here. I'd yell at him. Yell. So Heath, I don't get that. What's up with I, you, man? I, I could see it in non-PPR if you want to go that route because the touchdowns haven't been there for him. Like, I have a tough decision to make a non-PPR of Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin, and I'm starting Thomas because I know his targets are, are going to be there. Um, but it's close. In PPR, it's easy. I mean, Michael Thomas is a top-10 guy. But you're right about the, the touchdowns. It's just not what Taysom Hill is doing, so it's a good point in non-PPR. And uh, Jared Cook, do not start him. Jalen Hurts, do not start him. No, but-, but I would pick up Jared Cook if he's available. Like, I picked him up for a week where I have a league where I have a bye just in case Breeze comes back. It's not an easy matchup next week against the Chiefs, but it's not something you have to run away from. Okay. Would you feel the same way about Emmanuel Sanders? 
No, because Sanders has really been tough to trust since Thomas has been back. You know, that's even with Breeze. Yeah, first two games, sure, of the season. Uh, Philadelphia, okay, are you starting any Eagles? No. Oh, Goddard. Yeah, Goddard, I don't, did he have, I think he had one catch. He had one catch on two targets with Jalen Hurts. Very small sample size, but that was after Hurts came in. Uh, I mean, it's easy to sit Hurts, and obviously nobody's starting the wide receivers. So we'll talk a little bit about Sanders, but let's hang on to Goddard here. How mu- how confident are you in him? Who would you start over him? I'd start Tunyon over him. I'd start Evan Ingram over him if Daniel Jones plays. I'd start Ebron over him. I'd start uh, Kelsey over him, Waller over him. <laughs> uh, that's the extent of it. Okay, well, the thing is... I I like Hunter Henry better. I'm starting Hunter Henry over him just with the matchup. The last three games, I mean, Goddard, I don't know where he's ranked. You know, Waller had the 200-yard game. But based on the last three games, 66 to 77 yards with two touchdowns over the last three games, I mean, that's that's like probably second, third best tight end in fantasy this year, you know, if he did that all year. Uh, But obviously, you know, you're just concerned about Jalen Hurts. So, okay, he's, he's a starter, but he's a little lower than usual. And then Miles Sanders, are you going to start Giovanni Bernard, Devontae yeah. Booker, if Jacobs is out, over Sanders? Gio, for sure, just based on the matchup against Dallas. Uh, Booker, I think the workload will be similar, and the matchups are both tough, so I'd lean on talent there, and the talent is Miles Sanders. you got to hope that, like you said, he's excited about the RPOs. He's excited, hopefully, that we can get different running lanes because of the threat of Hertz as a rusher. So hopefully those things happen. The downside of that, as we know, with running quarterbacks is they don't throw the ball to their running backs unless it's a design play. So not that Carson Wentz is a statue, but at least you've seen that over his career that he throws to his backs. It's, it's a staple of the Doug Peterson offense. So hopefully that continues, but it just hasn't been there for Miles Sanders. So you have a guy who's been struggling, an offensive line who's bad, and a defense that's amazing. So it's just not a very good formula for success for Miles Sanders right now. Yeah, the Saints haven't allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back since week four. Since week four! It's the fewest rushing, fewest total touchdowns to running backs is the Saints. (laughs) And it's 50 games in a row now in the regular season without a 100-yard rusher. You're going to start Kiki QT or T.Y. Hilton over Miles Sanders? Yeah. Okay. And the Saints DST, number one for Jamie and Dave, number four for Heath. I think we got four games left. Let's go to another, I think, pretty interesting one. Washington at San Francisco. I'll say if the if Washington wins this game, they will win the division. This is the division for Washington. What if the Giants win this week? The schedule is so much easier down the stretch for Washington than it is for the Giants. So if they win this game, the division is theirs. Um, your stat of the game, the Washington allows the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. However... They have allowed 85 yards or a touchdown to seven wide receivers in, the la- in their last four games. So is this a good or bad matchup for Ayuk and Debo, and does it matter, Jamie? I don't think it matters. Uh, it's not a great matchup, but I also think you got to look at you know just how teams have really played against Washington and some of the caliber of opponents that they've played. So Ayuk could be fantastic if Debo Samuel does miss the game, although he practiced on a limited basis on Thursday, so it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. I would prefer Ayuk over Debo at this point, but both guys are in that number two wide receiver range. I have Samuel ranked as a number three receiver right now, but again, as we've talked about, you got to sort of throw out the, the the rank list of where the number cuts off. He's a he's a borderline starter in every league. These these wide receivers, especially Debo, they're just so different that 
what teams have done in the past against wide receivers might not hold up against uh, the 49ers, the way they use Debo Samuel in particular. Hey, Dave, welcome back. Hey, thanks. <laughs> we missed you. Really? Uh, how do you feel about J.D. McKissick? Uh, you know what? Why don't we stick with the 49ers? We'll keep a little continuity. How do you feel about Raheem Mostert? I feel nervous about Raheem Mostert. I don't like that Jeff Wilson had such a big workload last week. And I get it from the 49ers perspective. I think they just want to keep their running backs as healthy as possible at this point. But Mostert, uh, Mostert and Wilson both looked good last week. But I think Mostert is just a little more explosive. And I wish they'd lean on him more. And when you go back and you look at how he's been used this season, it's really not that different than what we saw. He's had below 50% of the snaps pretty much all but one game this year. And he's been very big play dependent, touchdown dependent. I don't know if I want to count on that this week against Washington. I've got him as a low-end number two running back. Are you guys starting Ayuk and Debo over Mostert? In PPR, PPR, yeah. Non-PPR, it's close. I'm going to start Ayuk over Mostert in every format on the planet. It's Debo versus Mostert in non-PPR that I might lean toward Mostert. Are you going to start Miles Sanders or Raheem Mostert? Mostert. Yeah. Okay. Like that's how that's how bad it is for Miles Sanders at this point. Yeah. How about Devin Singletary versus those two guys? Mostert, Sanders, Singletary. I got it the same way. In non-PPR, I have it the same way. I think I have it the same way in PPR as well. Back to the wide receivers here. Uh, Debo Samuel or Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster? Debo. I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to put him in over Debo. I mean, over over Juju. I'm going to put Debo in. Okay. I'm with you. I mean, Juju has just not been giving you anything in yardage. He's been playing like a running back. They're kind of being, being used the same way, right? Short area targets, but... Debo's got more explosiveness to him after the catch at this point. Oh, uh, gosh. Crazy to think, but it's true. Se- seven catches for 28 yards. That is the strangest. Look at his last three games. Juju, right? Yeah, so strange. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jordan Reed is a sit. Washington's been a lot better against tight ends lately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's not a, he's not a bad sleeper, though, if you're stuck. What about Mullins? He's not a bad sleeper if you're stuck. He throws for a lot of yards. He's just he's turnover prone, doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns. You wonder if there's another early turnover, does he get benched for Beathard? I hope not. Okay. Hmm. How how much do you like Don't put that in my head, man? I like Mullins this week. How much do you like it's realistic, yes. Logan Thomas. Let's go back to the Washington. Logan Thomas. He's a low-end starter. It's hard to overlook what he's done, you know, with Alex Smith. Five of the last seven, ten or more PPR points. So coming off a great game against the toughest matchup on the table, and he was great. It's another tough matchup. 49ers have been very good against tight ends. And so now you have a change in the offense, but that was happening. That happened in that game against the Steelers where they lost Antonio Gibson. So um, I, I think if you picked him up, I'd start him. If you, you know, don't have any other you know, significant options. Like the one that I struggle with, and I'm struggling with this in one of my leagues, is Dalton Schultz and Logan Thomas. Because I think Schultz is going to have a very good game against the Bengals because they stink. But Thomas has been better. And so it's hard to overlook, you know, just the the floor is there. The ceiling we saw, you know, he'll probably be somewhere in between if things go right. He'll probably be at the floor if things go wrong. I think not having Gibson there is big for Logan Thomas. As an, as shown in that Steelers game, like you said, he was a short area weapon for Washington for most of the game. And then toward the end of the game, he started running longer routes and... Alex Smith was finding him. He's not explosive at all. He's he's a big body, 
who plays a lot and could get a lot of targets and has been kind of touched on dependent all year. But now the door's open for him to get seven targets. And that's been rare for him. So I, I don't mind him as a fringe starter. And I would start him ahead of Dalton Schultz. Noah Fan or Logan Thomas? I've got Fant. I got a weird feeling about Noah Fant this week in that matchup against Carolina. All right, let's talk about J.D. McKissick here. First of all, Terry McLaurin is a start. Um, he's 19th for Jamie and 13th or 14th for Dave and more like 24th for Heath, but he's a start. Uh, J.D. McKissick. So if you look at the combined catches for, Mc, for McKissick and Gibson in the last five games, that would be the five games that Alex Smith has played. He started four of them. You can count that high? Me? What do you mean? <laughs> it's a lot of catches. Oh, yeah. 12, 11, 4, 7, and 10. Seven or more catches. Right. The four was one of the games they won. It was Dallas or Cincinnati. Yeah, it was Dallas. Seven or more catches in four or five games. Ten or more catches in three or five games. And McKissick had 10 catches last week at Pittsburgh against one of the teams that's against a team I think that had gone in giving up the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. So, yeah, I mean, I sat Cam Akers for probably McKissick. It's going to be McKissick or Ronald Jones. I've made that decision. It's PPR. But, I mean, I. Is he a must-start in PPR? Yes, absolutely. I think he's a good start in PPR. Saying that he's a must-start implies that he's like... Where do you have him ranked, Jamie? Is he inside your top 20? Uh, he's 14. Oh, man. Wow, you love J.D. McKissick. I am i can't go that high on him, but I see what you see. And I'm hoping that he gets a lot of targets. His role should be cemented in now with Gibson out. Passing downs, hurry-up offense, two-minute drill... Everything but the goal line and like first down is off the table for McKissick. Got, Everything else is there. Two, two games with Gibson where he got eight carries. So figure that's the floor without McKiss- without Gibson there. I would assume he's going to get probably closer to 10 carries, especially after Peyton Barber starts the game and goes one for one, two for two, three <laughs> for three. And then they realize he's not going to do anything. I mean, 14 carries for 23 yards. I know it's Pittsburgh, but still, that's that's. And the Niners are really good against the run, too, though. It's, uh, you know, they're one of the better run defenses. But yeah, it'd be nice to get some more carries. Okay, who's the better DST? I like Washington better. Um, yeah, Washington's probably better. I should probably adjust that. Um, I think I have San Francisco ranked higher, but they're gonna they're, they'll hit Alex Smith. You know, he he sees a lot of pressure typically. Um, but Nick Mullins is turnover prone, so that's the should be the edge for the Washington football team. We're gonna find out this week if Washington and, and the Giants are actually good. I think they're both going to lose. Yeah, I mean, you said that last week for the Giants. <laughs> they they won. They won one of the biggest upsets of the that season. Was, this it, is, but this is what Adam does, though. No, both That's teams. Putting the it's reverse both teams. It's both team. teams. I think both teams are going to lose. I just don't. I don't think they're good. I think. Well, I think their defenses upset. look pretty pretty good, though. Uh, you got to give them credit. I think the Giants win. All right. Well, that's the next game we're previewing. We got three games left. We'll sum it up. We've already talked about them, uh, but we'll uh, we'll sum up Arizona, the Giants, Seattle, and the Jets, Packers, Lions. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. 
So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Arizona is at the Giants. Pretty big game here. A lot of big games this week, obviously. Stat of the game, I don't know if I really want to go through all of it, but basically, like, you look at... There have been three wide receivers all year with 100 yards against the Giants. McLaurin had had McLaurin, Lamb, and Cam Sims. DK Metcalf had 80 yards. But how about this? Allen Robinson, Woods, Amari Cooper, Fulgham. They all had 33 yards or less and no touchdowns. Deontay wow, Johnson, Lockett. Well, Fulgham was on a roll. Deontay Johnson, Lockett, Fulgham again. 57 to 73 yards, no touchdowns. Evans and Cup had less than 70 yards, but they caught a touchdown. Basically, it's it, James Bradbury's crushing it. So, yeah, I mean, it's your fantasy playoffs. Is there any way you're getting away from Hopkins? No. I mean, you saw last week in a tough matchup with Jalen Ramsey. He still got you a good stat line. So I would imagine that Kyler Murray, like we saw in that, you know, end of the first half, beginning of the second half, just pepper the guy. Feature him as much as you can. It's going to help you. It's going to help your team. Kind of sucks for Christian Kirk, though. That that's what the offense is devolving into. That Kirk and yeah, Fitzgerald back separate. I don't like that this is a one o'clock game, by the way, because this they've been on the East Coast three times, and they've had two pretty lousy performances. They had two hundred and sixty-two total yards at Carolina, and two hundred ninety-eight total yards at New England a few weeks ago. They also crushed the Jets, but yeah, it's the Jets. Um, Kyler Murray, we talked a lot about. We have a segment, Stud Quarterbacks, if you want to hear about him. He's 12th for Jamie, 14th for Dave, and 10th for Heath. Uh, so you can hear about that. Kenyon Drake. I mean, you guys have Drake and Gallman ranked pretty similarly. So what are you expecting from them, Dave? I think they're, they're touchdown-reliant running backs. Drake maybe a little bit more so than Gallman. But I do like that Drake is getting involved in the passing game and, and that he's been a central part of this offense for Arizona. So I, I don't mind using him as a number two running back. I think it's it's pretty fair that if he doesn't score, he could leave you a little empty-handed, but I think he's got a decent chance to score. It's what he does. Mm-hmm. And Chase Edmonds in New York, baby. Chase Edmonds in New York. <laughs> and Jamie, I'm guessing that you have McKissick ahead of both of them in PPR? Yes. Gallman and Drake? Okay, and Dave, yeah. you don't, right? Well, I've got McKissick behind them in PPR. A thing that I think helps Drake as far as touchdowns go is the Giants have given up four to running backs in their last four games combined. 4.2 yards per carry. So they've been a good run defense, but they haven't been like shut down good. They give up the most receiving yards to running backs. So keep that in mind. What they don't do is give up big pass plays. So you're not going to want to start Christian Kirk. I don't think anybody was starting. Yeah, that's anyway. good because the Cardinals aren't completing a lot of big pass plays outside right. of the random 59-yarder to a wide-open tight end. Edmonds in four games in New York, four touchdowns. Two games in New York, four touchdowns. 
Well, he had three against the Giants Broadway last time, Chase. Right? And one against the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, sit Daniel Jones, start Wayne Gallman, and Giants wide receivers. Any interest there? Shepard and PPR if Daniel Jones plays. Otherwise, no. Fair enough. And uh, start Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram or Logan Thomas? Ingram. Who are we just talking about? Evan Ingram or... I think Jamie answered this earlier, but Dave, Evan Ingram or Dallas Goddard? I'll take Goddard over Ingram. And Jamie, you have Ingram, right? I would take Ingram and... Yes, I would take Ingram. Okay. If Daniel Jones plays. If Daniel Jones plays. Arizona's DST is 16th for Jamie. Let me get. Let me make sure this is updated here. Well, which DST do you like better? Giants. Giants. Top five DST. I mean, it's kind of. There's no way you would have thought that a few weeks ago. You know. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Because yeah, the Giants are the great match. To to they're, they're top ten. Okay. Starters at the Cardinals. Uh, you guys have them as sits. Yeah. You guys really. Dave. Dave's really high. Dave's a bigger Giants fan than I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I got my LT jersey. I still have I'm a Seahorn jersey somewhere. Gonna, gonna listen to Papa and Banks on WFAN yeah, no. for the game. Uh, Jets at Seahawks. And in their last seven games, the Seahawks have allowed more than 38 rushing yards, only two running backs. However, they have allowed eight rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns to running backs in that span. So not a lot of yards, but they do give up touchdowns. I don't know that we have to talk much about this game, I mean, we already talked about Frank Gore and all that, but I, like, how confident are you in Chris Carson? And I'm wondering, you said, Dave, that you heard he's going to have a big game, and I'm just wondering if they're going to work Carlos Hyde in more a week removed from you know being pretty hurt last week. Well, maybe the big game involves using both running backs. I'm not sure where Rashad Penny stands and whether or not he'll be activated for the game. But Carson is the one I think they want to get going. And I'm sure it's on Pete Carroll's checklist of things he wants to improve upon as he fights for you know the best playoff seed that he can possibly get with this team. So I, I, I like the matchup. I, I know that the Jets have been good against the run. They've allowed eight touchdowns to running backs this year, um, 4.1 yards per carry on the season. I could see Seattle kind of breaking them a little bit and uh, having their way with the Jets. And Carson it won't be on the, be it won't be on the ground. It, it, I mean, they just haven't run the ball very well. He'll, he'll probably score like, like he did last week. I mean, they went up against Catching a 20-yard touchdown. He scored on, uh, through the air. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so I'll take starting Carson. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. who's benching at this point? No, he's too good, and the offense is too good. And uh, Tyler Lockett, is Tyler Lockett the second best wide receiver in this game? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think he's sure. got more upside than Jamison Crowder. Even in PPR. play. Who, Crowder? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Rashad Perryman, because Mims is out, and... You know, one of the reasons why Crowder's been struggling compared to the beginning of the season was Mims and Perryman were banged up. Um, so maybe this is maybe this is a reason to legitimately feel good about Jamison Crowder. But even last week, I mean, he didn't even have 50 yards. I know we caught two touchdowns, but 47 right. yards. But one they were of running coming. the ball so well. That's part of it. That's true. They probably I, I, I should bring sure. that up. The offensive line for the Jets had a really good game last week. They've been like, very good for the in and Elfline on the left side really got things going for Ty Johnson. Okay, so like okay, so long-winded way of asking, I guess, how do you feel about Crowder and Perryman? <laughs> hmm. I'm uh, cool. I wouldn't trust PPR. Perryman at this point in the season. Sorry. Crowder's the number three receiver in PPR. All right, that was Jamie's Jamie, go ahead, Dave. I basically agree with Jamie. The the only caveat I would add is that Perryman is an interesting DFS play this week. I really hope I'm not playing against DK Metcalf in any leagues. Uh, he might have 600 yards today or this week. Russell Wilson's top three. 
And then, yeah, Tyler Tyler Lockett or Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Ayuk, Lockett, Samuel. Yep, definitely a non-PPR. I think I'd take it in PPR too. Okay, Tyler Lockett or J.D. McKissick, PPR. McKissick. I'll go Lockett. Seattle DST, they're great. Stardom. Packers at Lions, last game here. Detroit has allowed 66 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in five of their last six games. Uh, and the only exception was Jordan Akins, who dropped two touchdowns. So good matchup for Robert Tunyon. Top four tight end Robert Tunyon. And he, if you just want to know Marvin Jones's stats in the eight games without Kenny Galladay, including one Galladay left with an injury, he's on pace in those eight games. He's on pace for 80 catches, 942 yards, and 12 touchdowns per 16 games. I believe he's given you at least eight non-PPR points in five of those last seven that he's played. But Jamie has made the point, the good point, that you know the Packers are healthier in the secondary there have been some previous struggles against Jair Alexander. So Marvin Jones is more of a flex. Again, he's in that low-end number two receiver range. You know, just because he's not ranked in the top 24 doesn't mean you should shy away from him. Like, I have a tough decision because I like DJ Chark this week to make between DJ Chark and, and Marvin Jones as a number three receiver. Right now I'm starting Jones. But um, the matchup is certainly DJ Chark's favor. I don't think we talked enough about Matthew Stafford, so let's basically finish with him. We did talk about the running backs earlier. If DeAndre Swift plays, he's kind of a low-end starter. Real quick, if DeAndre Swift doesn't play, Adrian Peterson would be what? Flex. The fact that on Johnson's back, you know, you got to be a little concerned about that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be excited about him in PPR. Like, I think I'd rather have on, But I'd, I'd go to him in non-PPR. Four rushing touchdowns in his last line. two games. That's what you're counting on. You're hoping that he plunges into the end well, That's zone. what happens a lot against Green Bay. They, they suck against the run. Well, then now you know what to do with him. Uh, I don't but know. It's, it's harder to do in PPR. Oh, for sure. It's such a non-factor there. You know that. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right, Matthew Stafford. Air yards way up last week. People are excited about it. The nerds mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Starter sit. I like him. I think not only do I think that the, the change of throwing deeper helped last week, but the offensive line did a really good job protecting him. And it, he, he went to Chicago. That's not an easy thing to do. And he had a big game, and he's had big games against the Packers. He's had at least two touchdowns in 10 of his last 11 against Green Bay, and I believe in seven of those games he had at least 20 fantasy points. And uh, Green Bay, they've been okay against quarterbacks for the better part of the last six weeks, but Stafford's going to have to throw, especially if Swift isn't playing. And I think he could fall into some pretty good production. So top 12 type of quarterback this week, real close with Kirk Cousins for me in my rankings. Yeah, uh, I, you'll take I you'll like take Stafford cousins. over Cousins. I'm it's sure you go Stafford over Cousins. Okay, I won't. I'll go the other way. We can we can bet on it. Stafford or Kyler? Kyler's still. I'll take Stafford. All righty, that's it for today's show. Start T.J. Hawkinson. He's very good. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you on well. We got the mailbag coming up on Saturday, and then of course Sunday night, and we got Sunday after Sunday morning with fantasy. You know, we have a ton of shows, so you'll be hearing from us shortly. See you later.